0: Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can! So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Well, welcome, my friends, to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, uh, today we've got—I've got a really special uh, friend and guest on, uh, Bruce Turner. And uh, you know, Bruce and I uh, worked together on the Sawyer's internal auditing um, version seven that just came out recently, and uh, wanted to make sure and have him on the, on the show because Bruce has an amazing career uh, in, in, in a couple of different books that he's written and other stuff like that that we wanna kind of jump into uh, that, that is really important information if you're in the internal auditing space. Uh, that you should get a hold of. So, Bruce, welcome on, man.
1: Thank you, Jason. It's good to be able to talk to you.
0: Well, and I guess you know, in the U.S., I usually say "man," but I need to remember I should be saying "mate" too, right? <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Bruce, maybe you know, I I know who you are, but maybe just kind of for the, for the listeners, give them a little background, uh, you know, kind of about your career, because I know. You know, you've, you've had a long career in internal audit, you've done a lot of things. And so because of that, you bring a lot of different perspective that most people out there don't actually have.
1: Uh, that's right, Jason. I started in internal auditing way back in the late 70s. And when I was at the international conference in Anaheim last month, I, I mentioned in one of my presentations there that I'd spent 21 million minutes in internal auditing.
0: and. <laughs> that's a lot
1: it is and i was really fortunate to start um, in internal auditing in in a commercial bank and um enjoyed the time doing that i commenced my career in in, uh, banking and therefore had a pretty good pedigree uh, by the time i moved into the internal auditing area Uh Um, i ended up spending probably 18 years in the banking arena uh, across commercial banking merchant banking and central banking and ultimately, I specialised in auditing uh, com- uh, the treasury operations and commercial lending operations of those, uh, those banks, uh-huh. which centred in Australia, and I moved across to London and New York and, and did the work over there for a while. I then shifted a little bit and left banking and moved to head up the internal audit function at State Rail, which was the organisation that ran passenger services in my state. Uh-huh. Uh, spent a few years there and then moved into Uh, Head of Audit and Risk Management role at Integral Energy, uh, which supplied power to our community, Mm -hmm. and I finished my career at the Australian Taxation Office, which is one of the biggest public sector organisations in Australia. So I was the Chief Audit Executive there and um, had a had a wonderful five years before I ended up retiring.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and now there's, you know, because I know sometimes, you know, people might ask, is there life after, you know, retirement? Well, I think you've been staying pretty busy too in retirement and, you know, serving on boards and doing some other stuff as well. Uh, you know, even, even after, and, and like I said, you've continued to give back to the profession, you know, we'll get into talking about some of the books and other stuff that you've been doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so like I said, an amazing career, you know, kind of starting off outside of audit, coming into audit, moving up, being a chief audit executive at several different organizations, you know, being an author, being a board member. I mean it's like you you really do have a broad uh you know spectrum of experience that now, you know, again you're sharing with people um you know across across the world. So it was it was fun to be able to run into you and see you in Anaheim and I know those those are always uh uh, I don't know if you were this way too, but you know, I, there's some people I hadn't seen in 10 or 15 years, <laughs> you know, that all of a sudden we're together and it's like, oh wow, you know, time, time goes, time goes. So, um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about, cause I know, I know you just had um, a book that came out just recently through the IIA Foundation. It's in, it's in the bookstore and I think you can get it on Amazon too, called New Auditor's Guide to Internal Auditing. So maybe if we can we can talk just a little bit about that because I I think this is a great resource for people um especially new to the profession uh you know whichever way they end up coming in and so maybe if you can kind of explain a little bit about you know what's what's in that book what people can kind of expect and and how it can help them in their career.
1: I I guess we identified a niche in the marketplace for the New Auditor's Guide because people traditionally came into internal auditing from more junior positions you know, typically they left university, they completed their studies and they found a job in internal auditing and, and some of them actually stumbled into the profession and um, whilst they might have stumbled in they, they did stay because it's a fantastic uh, profession and, and wonderful career. Mm-hmm. But in recent years you, you're finding that there's more and more people who are coming into internal audit at more senior positions and a, a bunch of these folks are coming from other professions um, i cite a, a couple of examples in the book where people have come from a nursing background as an example and move into internal auditing and then need to learn about internal auditing and the challenges that go with that and one of the things is that people at that more senior level are mature they're experienced Um, And they've established, you know, a a credibility in their chosen field. But when they come into the internal auditing profession, um, they're starting at the ground level and they've got so much to learn. And that creates a lot of self-doubt for them as well, because they've moved from being the expert in their field. um, And the clients, because of their maturity, have great expectations of them. So the idea is that the book sort of goes through all of those elements, Um, that people should be familiar with coming into internal auditing. You know, the who of internal auditing, you know, a bit about the profession and the capabilities and the roles. It talks about the why of internal auditing and touches on the governance risk management control. Um, It talks about the international professional practices framework. It then moves into the how of auditing, you know, about the planning through the conducting interviews, risk assessments and development of audit programs. And then it touches on the when of internal auditing you know, getting into the meat of it, the field work, and writing up audit reports, and participating effectively in quality assessment reviews. um, And then the follow-up of audit recommendations. So it gives a really good understanding um, to people about the profession. And it shares a lot of stories from the front line, where I've asked 50 practitioners from across the world for some of their insights and some of their best stories about internal auditing. And that's included in a special chapter within the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, no, and I th- I think that's great, and like you said, I think um, you know, I mean, if if we rewind back, you know, and I I didn't start the profession quite when you did, right? But I, I know even when I did back in the '90s, <coughs> kind of the, the 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 common career path was, you know, somebody kind of like me, you know, we we go into public accounting, we work for a public accounting firm for you know two to ten years and then you end up kind of transitioning into internal audit. And so people that come through that career path they're already kind of familiar with audit, they're kind of familiar with things like the work papers and having to follow standards. It's just a matter of, you know, switching from maybe a CPA standard to the CIA standards. Um, but like you said, you know, especially the last, you know, 10 15 years we're, we're bringing a lot more people in with more experience, technical experience, because we need that in the departments. And so they kind of missed a lot of that. And, you know, I can, I can only imagine because we, as auditors, we have our own language and we don't even realize it. Right. And I'm sure, it, Absolutely. You know, I'm sure you got that in some of the feedback with those case studies that you did of, of, you know, words or terms or, you know, different things that we might even use. And they're like, what does that mean?
1: And it's not just the words; it's the use of acronyms. There seems to be acronyms for everything, and um, <laughs> so we need to understand that for internal auditing. But across the business areas that we visit, there's a whole heap more acronyms there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and like you said, you know, I mean, there's. I think I think nursing is a is a great example of it, right? Where we're we're seeing more and more, I guess, non non-traditional is not necessarily the right word. It's just, it's just the experience that's been there, but of, of bringing people that are, are more experienced, more technical kind of in the areas of our organization and bring those skill sets, that, that operational side into the internal audit profession. So I think like the, the example of nurses is great, right? And some people might say, why would you hire a nurse? Well, if you're a hospital, having a nurse on the internal audit team who understands all the medical terms can read, can read the charts, you know, cause I remember as a new auditor trying to read medical charts when I was auditing hospitals and it's like, I don't understand any of this stuff. Right. So well, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So these people, and really into, it across. yeah.
1: Yeah. It extends into other um, professions as well. You know, lawyers coming across uh, to an organization that has a lot of contracts is uh, really useful. I've used teachers who've come, from adult, adult education background. And they're really good people to get out there and start educating people about the risks of fraud and corruption. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had former police officers and detectives um, coming in and working in my investigations team. I've had business process engineers who've come in um, where there's been a particular improvement focus within the organisation. Um, and as we start delving into the types of people who are coming in, we can actually see the potential of having a multidisciplinary audit team.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that is the future. That's, that's where we're going. Because again, you know, the more, the more technical our organizations get, and we probably should have been doing it all along. We just, I think, kind of woke up, you know, a decade or so ago and have, have started to try to bring, bring more people in um, because we need that skill set and uh, Absolutely. You know, need to really understand the business better. You know, there's that whole, that whole term, you need to understand the business but it's it's different to just interview somebody and kind of understand what they're doing versus actually, you know, having been a lawyer for five years or a, a nurse or a police officer, um, you you bring in a completely different uh, set of experiences and it makes our teams much much better. So it does indeed. Yeah. So, you know, I know that's, like you said, that's a great niche book. So for anybody who's maybe new, new into internal auditing, this is a great resource for you, right? To be able to kind of understand and get a leg up on, on some of the stuff that's going on out there. So whether you're the new auditor, or even if you're the, you know, the supervisor, manager, CAE, who's bringing people in um, from other parts of the organization, this is a great resource uh, to help them out and to help help you even kind of understand and empathize with what some of these people may be going through as well. Now, I know you're you're working on a new book too, and I think I, I think the working title is something about the team leaders book, right? You want to tell us a little bit about that and what we can expect with that?
1: Yeah, it is. So the working title at the moment is Team Leaders Guide to Internal Audit Leadership. And the idea there is that team leaders are doing a lot more of the heavy lifting these days than they used to, simply because the role of internal auditing is expanding and more and more chief audit executives across the world are moving into the C-suite. So they're they're working very closely with the executive um, within the organisation. As a consequence, there's a lot of things that chief audit executives used to do, which get passed down the line. And we've got a great resource for chief audit executives and people in the C suite with Soyuz internal auditing seventh edition, as you mentioned a little earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But below that, below that there's there's a gap in terms of what team leaders are given to inform them about their changing role. So the idea of this team leader's guide is to actually help them transition into um, what is a different playing field to what they would have been used to playing on.
0: Well, and so what, what are some of those things now that, you know, like you said, because, because in a lot of organizations the CAE is really kind of bring, being brought up to the C suite level. And so they're they're really are acting more like an executive in the organization. What are some of those common things now that are, are kind of being put down onto the team leaders that they that they didn't used to have to deal with necessarily?
1: It actually goes to lots of different parts of, you know, the internal auditing process process from your initial planning um, of the work program for the next 12 months or beyond through to the engagement planning and making a lot more decisions in those areas than that would have been used to doing. It also goes down through to shaping the internal audit team through professional development, through recruitment, uh, through performance evaluations. I remember in the early days, it was the the chief audit executive who did all the performance appraisals. Um, well, that's actually been pushed down now, and a lot of that uh, work is now being performed quite appropriately by team leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, effectively, what we're trying to explore in this book is, you know, what does it mean to step into the team leader role, and what are the things that you need to be across? You know, the strategic alignment uh, talks about environmental awareness and what they need to do in that space. The importance of relationship management and the role that team leaders play in that space these days as well. Um, it's not just simply a matter of going out and doing an audit um, out at Broken Hill. Um, it's having a much better appreciation for how the whole of the business is operating, um, maintaining relationships on a regular basis through all people within the organisation. And when you do go out to remote locations, what what additional communication can you provide to them because? People in these remote locations are often often starved of good information. Um, they feel a bit isolated. So it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for team leaders to to get out there and present things um, mm-hmm. on topics that they're familiar with, which actually bring the people in those remote locations along um, in their own development as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fairly wide wide reaching in terms of what it covers and and gets into even basics things around the scheduling of audit engagements and what you, can you do to innovate in terms of the practices you use and leveraging integrated auditing um, and then getting down to delivering reports that are are much more crisp than what they're used to. They need to be short, sharp and succinct. So it actually covers a whole range of areas there, Jason.
0: Well, which is going to be great because I think one, one of the things, at least I. I saw this with myself in you know in public accounting as well as in, in a lot of the audit shops that I was in. We we usually do a very good job of teaching people how to audit, right? And so we become very good at kind of the technical aspect to our job, but often you know we we don't do as much with teaching people some of these soft skills, relationships, communication, some of these other th- stuff. <laughs> Excuse me, that they need to you know, be successful as a manager, as a team leader, right? We, we usually, you know, kind of have have promoted people based on, well, you've been here long enough. You really understand how to audit. And sometimes there's some of these gaps. And so I think this book is going to be a great, uh, you know, opportunity for people to kind of see some of those things and, and maybe help us, you know, more proactively prepare people or realize some of these new, um, things that are kind of placed on the team leaders and be able to help them, you know, to get some of those skills before we just kind of throw them in the deep end of the pool and say, start swimming, <laughs> you know, sort of an ex-
1: Well, thing. absolutely. And it's, it's very much about, uh, the influencing skills as well, yeah, um, which is part of those soft skills. You know, how do you get people to do some of the things that they need to do, but, um, aren't really motivated to, to get in and, and do.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've been, I've been preaching that now for a few years because, It's um, yeah, to me, that is that is one of the biggest and not just career skills, but life skills that we need to learn, you know, because we're always having to do things to persuade or help kind of influence people. And 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 there there actually is kind of a scientific way on how this is actually done, you know, what you need to do and how psychology actually works. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people don't really go, go down that route. And, and we really do need to learn how to do that so that we can, you know, one of my friends, who's, he's actually one of the top experts in the world on, on, on this topic. And he, he, he uses the term about persuading people that are in ways that are lasting and ethical right, which is yes. which I think is beautiful because it's about, it's about creating the relationship and communicating and, yes, using psychology because, you know, there's certain things like people are much more motivated on fear of loss than they are a fear of gain, right? Um, but, you know, if we can do it in the right way, we're, we're effective at, ac- at accomplishing our job, helping them do what they need to do, but we also are building that relationship, uh, in doing it in a way that everybody sees as ethical. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad that that's being, being brought up in the book. Cause like you said, I think that's, that is one of the things that, uh, especially as auditors, cause we, you know, I mean, you think about any time that you have to deliver a report or, you know, do a meeting. And if we're asking people to, you know, implement change, don't we have to kind of persuade them, <laughs> you know, uh, Along the
1: whole way, and I think you know the audit report is is a primary document out of out of any audit, and some people say that it's the most important you know um, visible piece of the puzzle. But I think it's um, the, the hard yards is done well before any audit report comes out. It's, it's oh, yeah. in terms of the intellect you apply within um, the work you're doing, um, delivering against the audit objectives, and ultimately influencing people to. Do some things that they didn't recognize they needed to do. So that's the hard yards. And the report is the tool, I guess, that documents all of that and you know, allows people to refer back to the, um, the things they needed to do and how they're going to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because if we just wait until the report, it's kind of too late at that point. There are a lot of things we have to do um, along the way. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, yep. Very,
0: very wise counsel. Well, hey, um, you know, another thing that I wanted to just be able to kind of talk about with you is, too, is, you know, to maybe kind of a, a, explain a little bit or, or maybe share some insights. Um, you know, one, one of the podcasts that I listen to, one, one of his questions that he asks every every guest, and so this is kind of my my version of it is, you know, something to the effect of what would you tell your 21 year old self today, right? So like if you were 21 again, or in this instance, like if you're starting off in an internal audit career or you're younger in your career, you know, what are some of the things that you wish you had known? (laughs) Lessons that you've learned across your career and and by being a CAE that you think are, are important things that you'd want to share with others? Um, who are in the in this career and kind of moving up or trying to head towards that way for a long term career?
1: So there are probably three key things I'll, I'll touch on, Jason, and we can expand on that if you like. Yeah. You know, I think one of the most important starting points is professional development, and that is um, investing in the development of your staff. I'd, I'd much rather shave some dollars um, off my um, staffing budget and reinvest that through training and development uh, than not do so Mm -hmm. because we're relying on our auditors being credible um, and they're the eyes and the ears of the chief audit executive so that's one part of it and the other part of the professional development is your own commitment to maintaining skills that you need for your uh, particular role so professional development for me is a starting point the other thing's that i'll touch on now are are things that i wasn't aware of until i became a chief audit executive Mm -hmm. Um, and when i did i was i was holding a very senior position um, in internal audit and um, i had never actually been to an audit committee meeting so the first Mm -hmm. audit committee meeting i went to i was the chief audit executive Um, and i actually didn't know um, how they operate which in some respects was a good thing because i could go in and Um, naively start changing um, things to the way that I thought they should operate and and that proved to be uh, quite a good thing. But I hadn't actually attended an audit committee meeting until I was in that that chief role. Um, The second thing um, in in this conversation that I wanted to draw out there was around the risk for chief audit executives who go into an organisation with a transformation agenda. it's a really difficult thing at the best of times. But there's a lot of people within that organisation and even within the internal audit team who actually don't want the changes that you're there to implement. So what can happen is that there can be white um of the things you're trying to do. So you actually need to be acutely aware of that as a risk. Um, and when things do start um, coming to the fore, you've got to be ready to Address them and address them fairly quickly.
0: Well, yeah, and actually, actually, because when you when you say that, it it just a couple of different experiences that I had in my career just popped into my head, and that is, I've seen this not just from chief audit executives, but other executives that I've worked with and coached over the years too. Is there there is like you said, it it is a real risk, you know, when you go into a new position like that. To I mean, obviously, we're we're the new you know, the new executive in town, we want to show everybody that we know what we're talking about, you know, that we, that we understand and we can create this transformation. Uh, but a lot of times, like you said, even in the best of times, it's a very difficult thing to do. And inevitably, a lot of times when people go in too aggressive and try to be too quick without really understanding the culture, uh, they really end up getting themselves in trouble. I mean, I just just to illustrate, like one one story. When I early earlier in my career, right when I was considering leaving public accounting, I remember interviewing with um, a chief audit executive who he was new in his role, and uh, he was kind of explaining, you know, like you said, this transformational agenda, kind of like what you're talking about. And I remember him him saying some things like, "Oh, you know, the IAA doesn't know what they're talking about, and this is that's not what internal audit's going to be. I'm going to create the best, you know, world class internal audit thing, and I don't think they know what they're talking about." You know, effectively is kind of what he was saying. And, and I re- I remember sitting in that interview going, "Oh my gosh, guy! First off, I'm not going to work for you anyway, but you know, a year later, because uh, I kind of followed what happened, that guy didn't have a job, right?" is it it's you you end up sometimes really kind of cutting your legs off you know uh you know by by trying to be that way and not really understanding the culture not using those influence techniques that we were talking about before that you so need at that at that at that point so anyway sorry i just i just had flashbacks
1: for a couple of things i had to share so and i think it's important to share these things jason because Um, You know, it's easy to go into these roles and think it's all, um, you know, nice and pleasant and and so forth, but um, it can actually be very, very challenging and it can be very emotionally draining. I mean, you might have the right technical skills, you might have the right soft skills to do the job, um, but it's the difficulty of dealing with really, really hard situations that often, you know, that people haven't had to deal with um, at any time in their career. Well, and it is. I mean, I know, and, I, and I guess, yeah. I guess the key, the key there is um, understanding that there's people within the organisation or within the profession that you can talk to, and um, make sure you do that. And you know, if you, if you can get a good coach and a good mentor.
0: <laughs> well, and that, and that is so important. I mean, that's, you know, because I I experienced that too. You know, like you said, where I, you know, your your story of kind of showing up and it was your first audit, audit committee meeting. I mean, I had it wasn't with the audit committee, but I had similar experiences like that, where all of a sudden I'm thrown into a situation. This is the first time I've ever had to deal with it. Right. And, and like you said, it is, you know, a lot of times we think, Oh, when I finally become chief audit executive, then everything is going to be easy. I'm going to be making all this money and everybody else is going to be doing the work. And it's like, "Eh." (laughs) you know, if you think that stop, right. It's, it's a tough job. There's a reason why you get paid what you get paid and why you, why it takes you so long to get there uh, because it is challenging. And you do have to reach out, have mentors, you know, maybe, maybe join groups, peer groups, other things like that to be able to try to get the support because it's a hard job to do by yourself. Um, and most of the time, the things you're going through You've never experienced before, so you have no idea really how to respond, and you're hoping, you know, that, that you're making the right choice. But it's so much nicer to be able to, you know, refer to or talk back to somebody else and kind of bounce ideas off of them and and make sure what you're doing, so you don't go in and do what we always used to call a career limiting move. Right? You never want to do a CLM, career limiting move. And uh, you know, the more help and that you can get from mentors or others, the less likely you are to actually
1: encounter one of those. And that's very true. And and I think, you know, chief audit executive and internal auditing um, is a very fulfilling career. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not sort of trying to paint gloom and doom. No, 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 no. Yeah, people need to be aware that there there are some challenges, but um, once you've confronted those challenges and navigated them successfully, um, you get a lot of joy out of the work that you do. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a very rewarding career. Um, like you said, you just, obviously, it's like with anything new, right? I mean, anytime you're learning something new, there's the, the change and, 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 you know, stuff that you have to go through on that. So, all right. Well, I know we got, a, sorry, we got a little sidetracked on that one, but you you said there was kind of a third thing then too, that you were, you know, in, in trying to think about this as well, that you'd want to make sure that people were aware of too.
1: I think that's very much around the direction of the internal audit function. You know, what is it that you want to achieve and, and make sure that you have a shared vision um, with the chief executive and with the audit committee? Um, and if that's world-class auditing, you need to understand what that actually means. Um, What are the planks that you need to put in place? So once you've got a clear idea of your vision, it's then making sure that you develop a strategic roadmap that identify what you are going to do within internal audit over the next 12 months, two years, three years to get to the position that um, provision needs to take you to. Um, And there are so many different elements involved in that. Um, and the timing is really critical in terms of um, different elements. So if you're uh, moving down the path of um, greater automation of your your order work, well, you need to actually invest in the training of your your people, Um, whether it's one of the software solutions uh, for cats like ACL, uh, whether you're going to to adopt artificial intelligence, what does that mean, Uh, when are you going to do it, what are you going to do it on? There's a whole range of things that you need to prepare on day one for what you're going to deliver in, in year two or year three. So I think that's the next thing that's really important for me, Jason, is having the vision and having the strategic roadmap that's gonna take you where the audit committee and the chief executive want you to be um, in a couple of years down the track.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's actually, it's a really good point too, for people that are that are interviewing for positions, right? whether, whether again, it's for a CAE role or whether it's a, a role within an audit department is for you to really kind of clearly understand what that vision is and, and what that role actually entails at that company. Um, because I, th- I think some, you know, sometimes we kind of almost get the feeling, or at least I kind of get this from some people that I talk to that, you know, it's like, it's like, we want to go in and be a world-class or, you know, a, uh, audit organization at every organization, it's like, well, that's not really how it works, right? I mean, internal audit looks a little bit different at every organization, in every industry, it's a little bit different. And so, you know, you have to, like you said, kind of line up with, um, the, the, the vision of, of what that is. And is this something that you actually want to do, right? Because if, if you want to be a part of a world-class audit function, then you need to make sure that you're working for an organization where the board and the executives also want there to be a world-class auditing organization. If not, you're going to be really frustrated, uh, you know, in, in, in that whole thing, too. And I think sometimes we, we don't stop to, to realize or recognize that internal auditing looks different around the world and different within different organizations
1: even. It does. And the other element that's uh, critical to the success is bringing your staff along, uh, mm-hmm. making sure that you've got their commitment and their capability um, to the vision and um, that they're going to contribute to the journey so that you can actually set yourself up for success.
0: Well, and sometimes that's where, um, you know, that I've, I've seen both in my career and, and other people that I've that I've worked with or talked with is you know like that when you when you do change the vision or, or or the direction you have to bring people along but some of those people may not come along in the journey right because some of those people may not want what that future is and um you know sometimes those are some of the hard decisions that you have to make as well uh, but yeah and this kind of goes back again to your first thing on professional development right is if if we want to get to a certain point it probably means either either we need some new people to help in getting to that point, we need to develop the people that we do have, um, you know, we've got to use the influence and other stuff to try to, to work both within our team and within the organization to be able to help us get there. So very, very wise counsel. <laughs> it, it's like you've done this a few times.
1: <laughs> oh, I have indeed. And, um, uh, you know, towards the end, it's uh, something to look back on with great joy because you're actually leaving a legacy not just within that organization but other people pick up on the good things that have been done and try to mirror those in their own organization so it's actually quite rewarding Jason
0: well it is and I'm glad that you brought that up because I know um, it it is a very rewarding uh, profession in general I mean that's why I've loved kind of being in this space and why I'm here um but it's 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 not just you know the value that we can provide to the organizations but it's it's also what we do for the other people right i mean some of the people that i've worked with will be lifelong friends uh, because of some of the stuff that we've gone through and their impact on me and perhaps my impact on them and um you know gotta gotta keep 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 that bigger uh that bigger personal vision as well and I mean, obviously, you get it, Bruce. You keep giving back, even though you've been retired and kind of moved on, right? You're still, you're still giving to the profession, um, you know, and trying to help
1: help others that are out there. So,
0: I know I, for one, am very, very grateful to have you in our profession. So,
1: thank you, Jason and Jane Fonda. I guess described this is life's third act. Uh, once you reach retirement, oh. um, what are you going to be doing? Oh yeah, no actually. <laughs> and, uh, and for me, it's really important to do those things that you're saying. You've got to have a clear path in retirement and, and have a clear retirement plan. And, and part of that should be to bring the next generation of um, you know, business people along, including the internal audit guys.
0: Yep. Well, and that's exactly what you're doing. So, so yeah, kind of as a, you know, again, a reminder for everybody listening, um, if you haven't already, go out, grab uh, Bruce's book, New Auditor's Guide to Internal Auditing. Um, really a good, good resource and be looking for this new team leaders book that he's working on right now. Uh, should be out, I'm, I'm guessing probably sometime in, in 2020 would be the plan for it, right?
1: It should be out in the first quarter of 2020 if everything goes to plan.
0: All right, sweet. Look forward to actually seeing that. And um, yeah, again, Bruce, thanks for coming on with me today and uh, really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Jason. All the best, mate.
0: All right, see ya.
1: Bye-bye. And that's a wrap.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to CRisk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com and that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.